Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, I'm Teresa Watson, the Executive Manager of Priests for Life, and I'm here with my colleagues, Janet Marana, the Executive Director, and Mark Falonzo, who is our Chief Technology Officer. And we're here today to kind of give you an update and have a little conversation on what's been happening the past year since Father Frank was uh, laicized. And uh, Janet, you, out of the three of us, know him the longest. Of course, yes, because when he was ordained by uh, Cardinal O'Connor, he came to my parish, St. Charles in Staten Island. Um, But, you know, one important thing uh, to note uh, about the laicization is um, the Pope signed the decree uh, actually on November the 9th. And then a year later to the date is the same date the Pope signed the decree uh, kind of removing Bishop Strickland from his office. Isn't that wow. ironic? Same wow. day. Same day, remove them both. And I have to say, you know, for those who are not familiar with uh, the church's way of governing, uh, while we have the catechism and masterial doctrines, that's our faith, but there's a thing called canon law. That's the same as the Constitution uh, here in America. So imagine if the president went outside the Constitution and just made something up and did it. That would be like him like taking away free speech from somebody or something like that. Wow. That's kind of what the Pope did. He did not use the, the, the governing documents of the Vatican, which is called canon law. He just made it up himself and said, okay, he's out of the priesthood and he's out of the diocese. So for me, who's known Father Frank since he was ordained, it was a shock. It was a shock. And I have to say, you know, other people say, well, maybe, maybe because he did something. Father Frank did nothing wrong. And I really have to say that up front. Um, He's been the most holy, dedicated priest I have ever known. Uh, As far as his commitment to the unborn, his pro-life commitment, it stemmed from even before he went to seminary. You know, he went to that first March for Life when he was in high school. And he just had this desire to end abortion. And that permeated into his priesthood. In other words, it wasn't like he just woke up one day and said, oh, I think I want to do full-time work. Oh, I think I'll work for Priest Five. No, it was part of his being. It was part of his priesthood. And he was fortunate enough when Cardinal O'Connor ordained him, laid his hands, sent him to my parish in Staten Island. He had a pastor who also understood abortion as the preeminent issue. Numero uno. He got it. He gave Father Frank full permission. In fact, we used to kid around at the parish Oh, how are we going to hear the A word this Sunday from Father Frank's homily, meaning abortion? Now, he didn't always use the word abortion. He was very sensitive. He also knew how to preach about life with children at the children's masses, too. He helped start uh, the little poster contest in the grammar school. It's like he, he helped nurture everyone's awakening, including my own. I mean, for me, abortion wasn't even on my radar screen. I wasn't even aware of it. He woke me up. Yeah. Big time, you know? And we, he was so fortunate to have a pastor, an associate pastor, who apparently is now a bishop, uh, and, and the deacons, they were all on the same page. They all got it, that abortion is number one. And we have to help our people here, the kids being confirmed, the couples getting married, everybody understanding why if you can't get it right on abortion, then you can't get the rest of the teachings right. It's not like a pick or choose, you know? Right. Yeah. And Mark, you um, 
I always remember you telling us, you know, the story of your mom and how supportive she was of Priest for Life and how um, you didn't even know you were volunteering, right? You yes. So I, I owned a, a, um, a business in New York and uh, I was pretty, pretty much bored mm -hmm. uh, with, with the business. I didn't have much to do. Um, and uh, I uh, saw that there were volunteers needed at Priest for Life. I didn't know Priest for Life. I didn't know anything about being pro-life. If you asked me about pro-life or pro-choice, pro-choice sounded pretty good, you know? I mean, yeah. it, 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 I really didn't know. Uh, but my mom is a daily communicant, um, and uh, she And she watched that. EWTN. Yes. That's another just, secret. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say that. So she's very familiar with Priest for Life, mm -hmm. Janet, Father Frank. Um, and when I, I was out on a date with my mom, when my father died, um, my brother and I took turns taking my mom out. Mm -hmm. So we were out uh, in New Jersey, and I said, Mom, you know, I don't have time to go back home to Staten Island, drop you off. I had to pick up this priest, Father Frank. At that time, I didn't even know his last name, okay? I didn't know his last name. <laughs> and, and my mom said, okay, well, what priest? I said, Father Frank, I started volunteering at this place. Again, at this place, I didn't know priest for life. Okay, um, and, I, and I said, is it okay if we just go to Newark Airport and pick him up? So my mom was in the back seat of my SUV and we pick up Father Frank. And I introduced Father Frank to my mom. And I said, mom, this is Father Frank. Father Frank, this is my mom. Um, my mom was in shock, <laughs> in total shock. Father Frank, of course, was very gracious. He said, Mrs. Valonzo, you know, your son's a great help. You know, he always picks me right. up, this, yeah. you know. And my mom was in total shock. Right. Okay. We drop off Father Frank. My mom doesn't say a word. Okay. We drop off Father Frank. And the minute he, he just shuts the door, my mom was like, do you know who that is? He was like, that's Father Frank Pavone. He, he's, he's, he's like, he's the most famous pro-life person. He goes, Mark, you have to work for Father Frank. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I said, well, I don't think that's going to happen. I said, you know what? But she told me that she would pray every day, a rosary every day, for me to work for yes. Father Frank. Wow. I can tell you those rosaries are pretty effective. Yes. I've been here 18 years. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. but, so fast forward, you know, um, Father was laicized uh, about a year <laughs> ago. Um, and your mom, you know, has prayed for us all these years. You know, how did she take the news? Well, um, the, the entire family was, was shocked. Um, when I first came in here and I gave my mom the very first tour of Priest for Life, there was a picture of Mother Teresa and Father Frank Pavone when Father Frank visited Calcutta. Right. Um, and my mom said, Mark, those are two saints. You are working for a future saint. And I didn't think anything of it. Mm -hmm. um, but knowing Father Frank for 18 years, I can tell you the guy doesn't do anything else but end abortion. From the minute he wakes up till he passes out at night. And notice the words. Not when he's going to go to sleep, right. but when he passes out. Right. There was one time we had an IT problem in New York when the headquarters was still in New York. And Ruben and I got out at like 10.30 at night. And I saw that there was still light in his office. So I wanted to just say, you know, good night, Father. We're yeah. leaving. Everything is okay. And I see him just passed out on top of his desk. Yeah. Okay. And so I kind of like wanted to back up a little bit, yeah. but he heard me. Mm -hmm. He said, Mark, oh, 
He said, come on in. Give me an update. <laughs> that update was 30 minutes. I mean, Janet, you know what it is. Know. Teresa, you know I what know. it is. Right? That was 30 minutes. And, right. and yeah. he was like, oh, thank you for giving me my second win. Yeah. And the guy's working again. Yeah. Right. I go well, home. And so, if, but one thing we have to make clear is, because I know we get this question all the time. Oh, is Father Frank still heading up Priest for Life, right? right? Yes. Since the legalization. And, and I have to tell everybody, listen, number one, <laughs> our entire board reaffirmed him. Yes. Right after the legalization, we had an emergency board meeting on Zoom. Right. And they reaffirmed him as the national director, a unanimous board vote. Right, Mark? Absolutely. And, and so that's number one. Number two, you know, he, he doesn't just walk away from trying to stop abortion and abortion and does and then people say oh but you gave up your priesthood he didn't give up his priesthood it was taken from him and he he's still knocking at the door waiting for it to be given back and we of course we you know we have canon lawyers and other advisors who are kind of lining up the the, the documents and say well when the day comes when we can present all this and get him back his priesthood we will do it right. uh, you know because other people you know, it was so funny when it first happened he was getting um uh like little emails from uh heads of other churches saying oh you want to come under our church right. come under this church right and he said no no i was born a roman catholic i'll die a roman catholic <laughs> and, and that's a very good uh lesson for everyone else right now because right now in the church there's all this kind of uh, conflicts, right? There's those who are very conservative in the church and then the liberals. And even Bishop Strickland, you know, Bishop Strickland and Father Frank are on the same page in that they both are saying, don't leave the church. That's the bride of Christ. Stay close to Christ. Stay close to the sacraments, no matter what happens. And, and I always point out, listen, you know, there's, you know, been some not so wonderful popes through the centuries. Right. The problem is we're spoiled. You know, when you think about it, John the John. 23rd, mm -hmm. saint. You know, uh, St. John Paul II, John Paul. saint. Right. Uh, and then we had, of course, um, um, I'm thinking of the other one. Oh, Paul VI, also saint. Right. So for most people, over 50 years or more, we've had saintly pontiffs, you know, in charge of the church. All right, so every so often you get a lemon, I guess. And I don't mean any disrespect <laughs> by that, but I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased. But notice... All the wacky things we're hearing right now that gets people angry, um, they're not part of the catechism and they're not part of the magisterial teaching. See, the Pope can only do that stuff if he's teaching what's called ex cathedra from the chair of Peter. Right. So we have to make people understand all this murmurings about all these liberal ideas about ordaining women as deacons and priests and, and, and blessing same-sex marriages and all this stuff. They can yap in conversation all they want. Because our teachings are our teachings, you know? I always Dogma. think of one of our great friends over in the Vatican, Cardinal Martino. Uh, he was wonderful to our ministry. And he, and he was officiating at a lot of papal uh, ceremonies, you know? And one day, he, he took picked up his pe pectoral cross, which actually was made from his mother and father's wedding rings after they just died. Wow. The siblings gave the wedding rings to Cardinal Martino and said, go and make. So he made this beautiful cross. And he told me a story. He held it up. At every time he did a baptism or something for his family, he would hold it or a wedding. He would hold up the cross and say, this is from your, uh, my mother and father. And the message is marriages between one woman and one man only. And that's the teaching. That's what's in the Bible. It's not going to change. Right. It's not going to change. So what people have to understand is all this other conversation 
yes, there's liberals who want to change the church, but we've been around for centuries and we will continue. And so, you know, the way Father Frank said he's not leaving the church, no one else should either. And, and even Bishop Strickland, they all are in the same mindset. And, you know, yes, what happened to Father Frank was uh, terrible. And the people ask me all the time, oh, can we still call him Father Frank? I said, listen, I said, I've known the man since he was ordained. I'm calling him Father Frank because guess what? I'm an American citizen and I have free speech in my pocket. He can't present himself as Father Frank, right. you know, unless he wants to get in trouble and they want to try to do something else to him, like try to excommunicate. He's not going to give them a reason to do that. Right. You know, he's, he, he goes to mass, he receives the sacraments. He does everything like the rest of us Catholics sure. do. And he's waiting for the day. Like I said, he's knocking at the door saying, okay, you want to give me back my collar? You know, he's ready to go to resume his, you know, being wearing his collar and everything else. So, right. uh, but you know, the, the, the most important thing is though, is that yes, you know, of course we, we all hope that happens and he certainly does as well, but that hasn't, he hasn't skipped a beat regarding no. being priest for life. Mm -mm. Okay. You know, that's, that's been his mission to, to save the babies. Yes. And that's what he does every day. Right. And he did it the day he found out about the laicization. If you remember, we were all, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what we were going to do for father and everything. Right. And he was working. I was getting work emails from him. It was, you know, right. And, and that's, well, he that's stayed, what he stayed focused. He stayed focused stayed and he focused. still does every day. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, talking about calling him father, we get calls all the time and people will always say, oh, you know, um, can I, is father Frank in or something? And they always stop for a second and say, I'm just still going to call him father. And I'm like, well, of yeah, course we do because too. We do too. Right. Right. And, and you talked about the unity of the, um, the board members, right. you know, um, but we also had unity amongst all of our staff members. Right. We didn't lose any staff members through this. No, not we, at we all. We all continued because we're here for the mission. To, to save the babies. And that's, you know, what our leader, you know, Father Frank does for us. And right. we, we are- And I want to remind everyone, that. it's not just about saving the babies because every time you save a baby from abortion, you save a mother Mother's and child. a father from the grief because yes. we also operate Rachel's Vineyard, mm -hmm. which father is also a pastoral director of. Mm -hmm. And we fund Rachel's Vineyard, uh, which is the largest abortion recovery program in the world. Right. You know, so it's, yes, save the babies, but also heal. Because guess what happens? When you heal men and women who've been devastated from abortion, they come just one way, back to their faith, and, and they become 100% pro-life. Sure. You know, so it's all kind of, it's still saving souls. That's what Father's doing. Right. Even though they removed his priesthood right now, he's still saving souls. And I can't tell you how many people he has brought back into or brought to the Catholic Church, starting with, Norma McCorvey, the Jane right. Roe of the Roe v. Wade decision. Abby Johnson, everyone knows about her. She herself had abortions and ran Planned Parenthoods and all that. Father was a catalyst in bringing her also back to the church. In fact, he's godfather to one of her children. You know, so, wow, I mean, and nice. the list of pro-life leaders, as you know, Mark and Teresa, that he has brought into the Catholic Church or back to the Catholic Church, the list keeps growing and growing and growing. How does that happen? because they see the truth in him, mm -hmm. the conviction in him, and the deep faith he has. And Father too has worked across denominational lines with me all these years too. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't get caught up about, you know, uh, some Protestant denominations, they, they don't like the way we say Hail Marys and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Uh, you know, they don't like our, they think we worship Mary, which we don't. No. We're, we have a devotion to her, we don't worship her. 
but he has worked across devotional lines. In fact, one time people were criticizing him for the, and you know what he said? He said, you know what? I will work with people who believe in worshiping the man in the moon. And if they want to help stop the baby stop killing, killing the when they yeah. when when we stop the baby killing, then I'll tell them how doctrinally that's bad theology. Yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yes. so this is the kind of man Father Pavone is, and also too, he's a no frills kind of guy. I can think all the way back from when you know uh, he was my parish priest. Sometimes like he would have like, see, like I have this thing here. See these little what do you call these little knotty balls? Come come on things. Right. Oh my gosh! One time he had this black sweater on. It was a disgrace. I said, Father Frank, you need a new sweater. So what, what I would do is at Christmas time, I'd be buying him sweaters, yes. new hats, everything, like stuff like that. Because why? He would use it till there were holes in it, holes yes. in his shoes. shoes. Yes. You've seen the holes. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I came to Absolutely. Me in my office process I said, I'm like, Janet, can we get the man a pair of new shoes? New pair of shoes. It's just not that important to him. No. no. He's sleeping. It's just it, not his important. bedrooms have always been these little tiny twin rooms. beds. <laughs> uh, no, it's a single twin yeah. bed. Yeah. Yeah. Single uh, twin bed. Like uh, the size of like a, a, a nun or a monk's cell. Right. Yeah. And then I'll never forget this. When when he came, he when we, he came back from working because he worked at the Vatican for a few years. And while he worked at the Vatican, he still ran priest for life. Crazy man that he is. And when he came back, he didn't have a car, so we helped get him a Honda Accord. This is all the way back in the year two thousand. Wow. And do you know when he, how long he drove that car? Twenty one years. Wow. The car literally, the guy at Honda finally said to me, Janet, could you please tell this priest, you guys got to get him a new car. <laughs> not safe. Not only is it not safe, they don't even make the parts to fix it anymore. Like, you got to get him a new car, you know? So, you know, we did arrange to get him a new car and a salary. From the very, very beginning of Priest for Life, Father never took a salary. He didn't have any. Uh... We barely could was survived. You know, when he took over Priest for Life, when he was voted the first full-time national director from those guys in San Francisco, you know what they did? They gave him a check for $3,000 and said, take this and defend life. With <laughs> $3,000. Wow. wow. So Father, you know, I was still teaching full-time public school, but volunteering and helping him. And so were a bunch of a core of our volunteers, you know, from Staten Island. We continued to help Father. And so I said, well, Father, how are we going to do this? He had his own personal checking account, and he had his savings from when he was ordained. You know, his parents threw him in a beautiful party, and he had his savings. And every time a bill came, I said, oh, Father, you know, we don't have We're short. that. Mm -hmm. We're short. Don't worry. JM, you have my check. Because he used to leave me pre-signed checks. Yeah. Just fill out that check and pay the printer. Oh, fill out that check and, buy, and get the postage. He blew through his entire savings getting priests for life up and off the ground. You talk about putting your money where your mouth yeah, is. That's you know, right. He really That's right. He did. Exactly. You know, and so he's really a no frills kind of guy. Uh, and, and people, oh, people ask me now, oh, well, now that, uh, you know, um, he, uh, he was laicized, uh, Janet, how, how can he dress? I said, the only way he can dress, all in black. Yeah. It's all he owns. It's still the oh, same yeah. outfit. Same it's outfit. just no collar. No exactly. Because yeah. you know what it is? Even when he was my parish priest, okay, on his day off, you know, some priests, they get into sports shirts yeah. and they look, you know, cool. Oh, let me dress cool. As a matter of fact, there's one priest, I won't say his name, but he likes to act like he's uh, on the cover of GQ, you know? Oh. <laughs> but not Father Frank. Clean as could be. And on his day off as a parish priest, now most priests, you know, they go golfing. That's a big joke. Every Wednesday, most priests are off. They go golfing. 
No, you know what Father Frank would do? He would first of all take the first mass at St. Charles, 645. Then he would get in his car, drive up to Porchester, where his parents live, visit with his parents for a little while. Then he would get in the car and go up to St. Joseph's Seminary and teach a diaconate class. Sometimes then he would go back home, uh, you know, see his parents, have quick dinner. Then he would go up to Connecticut to another place and teach a Bible study. Mm -hmm. He would get back to Staten Island, which is at least an hour and a half drive from his parents' house. Uh, oh, on his day off at about 11 o'clock at night. Crazy. Crazy, Crazy. Right. And this would go yeah. on every day off. Every, and, and then when he does take time off, could people say, oh, father, like they get a, a whole month's vacation, like you know, priests back when they're in parishes, you know, father Frank for his month's vacation. He would be like teaching uh, a one one summer. He taught a class for St. Joseph's Seminary and it was on Staten Island. And I took it. It was a, a master's class. Oh, he was a tough teacher. <laughs> but I have to probably say I got an A in the class. But this is the kind of the things this man does. Right. His whole thing of what does he do for recreation? Once in a blue moon, he'll take a half a day or a day and he'll go ride some roller coasters. Roller coasters. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's, his, that's, yeah. that's his one that's his thing. Once in a while, he'll go for a walk on the beach too, yes, right? He, he likes, likes to walk to on the beach. Too. But, but that's, that's one day. It's one not day. like he'll take a week off right. at a time or anything. You know, we've talked about Father Frank and one of the things that I've always loved was the story that Janet shared with me, okay? And Janet talked about it. The entire board have said unanimously, we want Father Frank. Right. You talked about the staff having, oh, mm -hmm. Father, it's Father Frank, right? right? But the executive team have all said, oh, listen, there's no other person who can do that. But right. Janet shared a story a long time ago. It must have been my first year at Priest for Life. The choo-choo train oh, story. Oh, the choo-choo train story. <laughs> yes. Can you, can we... <laughs> I think okay. Well, when he was my parish priest, okay, both uh, the pastor and the um, associate uh, 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 pastor, um, who's now a bishop, I refer to him. One day, they they came to me and said, "Tim, you know, uh, Father Frank, you know, uh, he's got papers all over his floor, piled up upstairs, and when the maid comes in, the cleaning girl, she can't clean well, and and then you know." Oh my goodness, he, they had their little list of complaints, right? <laughs> and so I said, listen, guys, he'll move the papers, just tell him. And then she could vacuum and put the papers back down. But why does he have to keep, I said, trust me, he knows every pile, what it is and where it is. In fact, one time he was traveling and he called the office. He said, um, Janet, could you go in my office in the third pile over about an inch down? You're going to see a paper. <laughs> Sure enough, it was. Could you please read me that thing? I need that information now. So he knows it might look like a chaotic mess, but he knows what's going on. So finally, I got tired. They would some one time, one of the pastors did this to me, the, the pastor. He said, you know, I'm up going, ready to get communion. And he, go, I, and he goes, body of Christ. And I, before I could say amen, he goes, and meet me in the sacristy after mass. Because <laughs> <laughs> he would always have to, like, give me some, can you help me out with Friday? Uh, this and that. So finally, I got so tired of all this, like, trying to, they were trying to get him to be like them. And I said, listen, guys, let me explain something. Father Frank is here, and he's on his own little choo-choo train on his track. And you're over here, and you guys and the rest of the world, we are on our own choo-choo train. I said, the problem is, see, we're all going, going along nice. You choo-choo-choo. What you guys want to do is you want to force his choo-choo his to cross onto your track. It's never going to happen. <laughs> he's a unique character. Trust me, because then I said, is he doing anything wrong? Mm. Oh, no, Janet, no, 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 no. It's just that we'd like to, you know, do a little course correction here. It's never going to happen because he is so single-minded, both in his zeal at the parish 
for bringing soul. And he brought me back to the church. I, I, I was Amen. I was away from the church for about 22 years. Imagine that. Wow. And it was through his persistent, like gentle persistence, that he got me to come back to the church and so many others. I can't tell you some of my friends, you know, they they that were in the parish, they weren't validly married in the church, you know, because of all kinds of nonsense in the past. He helped every one of them straighten out their situations and, and then validate their marriage in the church. I do little ceremonies, you know? Yes, yes. I mean, his goal was straighten everyone out and get them back in line with the church, get them receiving the sacraments, you know, and and, and that's the way he still is today, yeah. you know? Uh, and so I say, you know, yes, he's always going to be Father Frank to me. Uh, I will call him that to the day I die. And, uh, and we are all praying for the day uh, when they can give him back his collar because, uh, you know, I have to tell you that, you know, he packed up all that stuff. It's in storage, but he's waiting for the day for me to get that box out of storage and say, here you go, Father, here's all your stuff back. You know? Absolutely. And until then, we'll, uh, we just keep marching on, right? Exactly. And doing the you know, work. Teresa, I, I was really crushed when all of the slayization happened. And that Sunday when I went to Mass, I spoke to my parish priest. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, listen, I am really crushed about this whole thing with Father Frank. And I said, oh, I mean, uh, Frank Pavone. My parish priest corrected me. And he said, you call him Father Frank. Don't you dare not Stop. call him Father Frank. Frank. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Okay. Um, yep. And I, I just felt some solace yep. and, and justice in this. Janet, you talked about how the church works. Right. Um, I just can't help but have a parallel. And, and ask, I want to ask you. The cancel culture in, in, in the United States, right. how does it, I mean, for me, there's a lot of parallel with the cancel culture in the church. Oh, I yeah. said that this is. Sure. Well, first of all, he, here in America, we have what we call this, uh, there's already a group of priests. They're called the canceled priests, as we know, where their bishop has kind of ostracized them for different things like preaching too much about abortion, standing up for the unborn and different things. So they have the canceled priests. But, but now we have, I call it the, uh, the Pope's canceled clergy. And we have Father Frank, Bishop Strickland, and now Cardinal Burke, who, you know, the Pope stripped him of uh, his Vatican apartment and salary. It's like, it, it's so ironic. And again, like I said, both with, um, you know, Father Frank and Bishop Strickland, he didn't even use canon law, which is the governing documents of the Vatican. He just did it, you know, so... It is a difficult time, but I think we, what we have to do is do what Father Frank does, which is keep your eyes on Jesus, receive the sacraments. This is the church. It's the bride of Christ. It's not going anywhere. But at the same token, we're not going to stop trying to bring an end to abortion and heal the moms and dads. And that's it. We just have to stay on mission. And finally, I have to say about our mission is I want to make people understand just like I explained at the beginning how Father Frank gave everything, his own savings and everything to kind of get priests off the grounds, we have never been funded by the Catholic Church. It's all by private donations. So I really want to tell people, if you want to help Priests for Life flourish and continue the work of Rachel's Vineyard, of Silent No More, our work at the UN, we're a non-NGO at the UN, uh, and the list goes on and on, our youth outreach, there's so much. It's not just Frank Pavone, Father Frank. It's this whole umbrella. Go to our website, priestforlife.org. Look at the depth and breadth of how we've grown over these years mm -hmm. and why. Because of Father Frank. Right. And so we do need support. And you can go to prolifegift.com uh, dot, dot 
and make make a donation, you know, to help us because obviously in times like this, there are some people who say, oh, I guess I, they get this thing like you're just saying like, uh, oh, maybe I can't donate anymore because Father Frank's, you know, no longer a priest. Heck no. Yeah. You want to help save babies? You want to help heal moms and dads? We still need donations. So, you know, you're so right, Mark, that your parish priest said, yes, of course, I always keep calling because, you know, isn't it the scripture, you're a priest forever? In the right of Melchizedek. Right. And so that's what we have to stay focused on. Father Frank will be knocking at the door, waiting to be given back his collar. But until then, it's mission, stay focused. And that's what that's what he did to us too, helped us. You know, to pray together as a staff. Right. And and listen, guys, don't, don't, don't this is what the devil wants. He wants to distract us. Stay focused on mission. And as long as we're following the mission of the Lord to save the unborn, which is the 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 top number one issue, it, it will work out in the end. And I always think of what Mother Teresa used to say, you know, isn't it always, when you think of the, the great uh, people in our times, like Mother Teresa, uh, Mother Angelica, all of them grew beautiful ministries. Look at Mother Angelica, right? right. But they always did it at a deep faith. And the, the money came in at the very last minute before they even realized it. And sometimes just the exact amount they need. That's how we we work here at Priest That's right. It's like we're always like hanging on tender hooks going, uh-oh, can we, can we make all our bills this month? But it just seems that the God provides. And that's what Mother Teresa used to say. She used to say, God has lots of money. That's correct. You know? Don't worry so, about money. So I want to say our donors are such a blessing to our ministry. They have helped us so much over right. the years. Uh, and, and they have stayed faithful. And so uh, I just want to thank them uh, and, and and, you. and bless you and hopefully uh, continued support, uh, especially through this uh, Christmas season. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. and we look forward uh, to getting your Christmas cards and we will send you Christmas cards uh, because truly um, when we, we focus now on the birth of Jesus and, and, and actually when you think about it, perfect example of Mary being uh, a woman in an unexpected pregnancy, right? Right. <laughs> right. And, and Jesus was an unborn child too. Uh, and so I think, you know, we just stay focused on our mission and we stand with Father Frank, uh, both a staff, a board, all of us, and we hope you do too, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. So, well, I think uh, this has been fun. I've enjoyed this conversation. Exactly. And, more often. Yes. We certainly <laughs> hope you have as well. And uh, so thank you for watching and God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.